I was reading Yachitana Chitamrita Bhantiriva, uh, this very thing, actually. Sanatana Goswami, who is such an exalted and senior devotee, goes through so much to come back to the association of Mahaprabhu and Jagannath Puri. He goes on, uh, first he has to break out of jail by bribing the jailer. And then he basically, with no food, no resources, flees overland through forest, wildland hunting. He gets quite sick on the way, develops oozing sores on his body, and gets driven out free. And when he's there, Mahaprabhu greets him with affection and tells him, Rupa Goswami was just here too. And he actually sets him up with his accommodations. Mahaprabhu is a transcendental, uh, what do you call it? He's like the hotelier. He's, he's saying, you, you stay with, with Haridas because you're the same. You both can just chant about Krishna and glorify Krishna all day long. He's actually personally setting up the accommodations for Sanatana Goswami. And Sanatana Goswami, we've, we've heard this in recent days, his pastime came up as well. He's feeling great shame because he's actually quite humble. And he's noticing that Mahaprabhu is always affectionately embracing him. And he's embarrassed by this because he considers his body unfit very low, you know, there's these oozing sores coming out of his body because of the communicable disease he got from drinking bad water in the forest. He didn't eat or drink properly for a long time. And he doesn't say anything about this, but he plans to commit suicide, thinking, if I die in front of Lord Chaitanya, in front of Jagannath, at Rathi Yatra, that would be good. That would be the best thing I can do with this body, because I just keep causing offenses with it, and it's just, it's just a source of embarrassment. It's not doing any good for anybody. It's useless. And one day Mahaprabhu walks into Haridas Thakur's hut. And apropos of nothing, just no context, he just says, you know, Sanatan, let me tell you something. If I could have attained the lotus feet of Radha Krishna by dying, I could have killed myself so many times by now. But this is not the way. I don't think your plan to kill yourself is very good. And actually, it's completely unlawful because your body belongs to me. You've given it to me in my service. Therefore, you're trying to take away the property of somebody else. And he looks at Haridas and he says, what do you think of the character of somebody who tries to, who gives himself away and tries to take away that property later? And both Sanatana Goswami and Haridas Thakur's reaction is telling. And it's, it's actually the same. They both conclude, we have no idea what you want to do. Nobody who is engaged in your service has any idea what you want to do. Just like a puppet doesn't know they're being controlled, and doesn't know who they're being controlled by and what the purpose is, what the plan is. Because Mahaprabhu goes on to say, I have so many things I want to do with your body, Sanatana Goswami. I promised my mother I will stay here in Jagannath Puri. Because when I took Sinyas, her heart was broken, and I said, don't worry, I'll stay near you. The devotees can always come and see me in Puri. Because of my promise, I will stay here. But because of that, I can't go to Vrindavan, and I can't do the kind of service that I want to do there to preach pure devotional service to Radha Krishna in Vrindavan but I'm going to do that through your body. I'm going to establish these places of pastimes of Radha and Govinda. We're going to actually establish temples. We have so many books to write. You're going to do that because I'm going to empower you so you can't die. I forbid it. And at this point, Sanatana Goswami had no idea. Sanatana Goswami has an incredible career ahead of him, an unbelievable career of service in Vrindavan with Rupa Goswami, Raghunath Das Goswami, 
so many generations of Gaudiya Vaishnavas to come are going to be astonished at what Sanatana Goswami does, establishing the Mother Mohan Devi, writing the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, establishing temples, opening up Radha Kund. At this point, he just thinks he's a fallen soul with nothing going for him. He should just better just die. But Mahabharata says, no, you can't do that because I have amazing things I want to do through you. And I was thinking about this today, that, uh, thank you. That Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya has this amazing mission. While he's relishing the mellows of Vrindavan and the love of Radha for Krishna internally, and also offering that to his intimate associates, which we can become if we follow them, he's actually given the privilege of becoming free from the material world, full of love for Radha and Krishna, to anybody. And that's a gigantic mission. It means that there's a lot of work to do, and there's unlimited employment opportunities in Mahaprabhu's mission. There's no unemployment in the Sankirtan movement, as my Guru Maharaj is fond of saying. There's unlimited service, there's unlimited kinds of service, there are unlimited lifetimes of service, if you want to keep serving in Mahaprabhu's mission, you can do that too, unlimitedly. And Sanatana Goswami Haridas Thakur, the intimate associates, are astonished by what Mahaprabhu wants to do, and how he wants to empower them. And we can also be empowered. Anybody who's doing any service in Mahaprabhu's movement is empowered. Even sitting and chanting Hare Krishna for any amount of time in a day, what do we speak of 16 rounds, is an empowered activity. It doesn't just happen. You can't do it on your own. So, this verse says, I wish the grace of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by whose mercy even one who has fallen can describe the pastimes of the Lord. Kaviraj Goswami had that service. And it's an amazing service. We heard about how, although he was so elderly, although his body is falling apart, still he's writing, this is a great wonderment. And anybody who's read the Chaitanya Chaitanya is, is astonished by it. What he did was amazing, even to him while he was writing it. Because Mahaprabhu wants to do amazing things. And he wants to engage everybody in that. So I was thinking about the different kinds of pastimes where Lord Chaitanya actually shows examples of how he shows his uh, desire to actually engage everybody in service. I thought about, for example, when he took sannyas, I mean, even taking sannyas in the first place, we understand Lord Chaitanya is Krishna, Krishna is the Supreme Majority. Why would the Supreme Majority shave his head and perform austerities and take sannyas? The reason is it's described quite clearly. Because he was actually more interested in anything, in, in having people appreciate the service of, of Krishna. And they couldn't appreciate that when he was a householder as much. There's one pastime. He was uh, relishing. This is just after his father had passed away. He'd gone to Gaia to perform the Pinda rituals. And he'd come back intoxicated with love of God, having taken initiation from Ishwar Puri. And for the next few years, he was actually just on fire with love of Krishna and chanting all the time. And whereas he'd previously been a teacher of Sanskrit grammar, he continued to teach, but now everything he taught was about Krishna because he was manifesting this realization that a devotee has when they begin serving Krishna, that actually Krishna is the center of everything. So in his teaching of Sanskrit grammar, he taught that every word is actually a manifestation of Krishna. And the supreme words are Krishna's names. 
And his students were amazed by him, but they were also completely bewildered. And at one point, he manifested a kind of a confidential lila, where he was chanting the names of the gopis, actually, remembering them because they're such dear associates of Krishna. And some upstarts near him, who thought themselves fit to instruct him, actually, they told him, hey, what are you chanting these gopis? You should chant Krishna's names. Actually, he was, he was chastising Krishna. He was so much in the mood of Radharani that he was chastising Krishna. He was remembering how Krishna left the gopis. Right? And this is completely inconceivable, this level of ecstasy, this absorption of Krishna Lila to the common person. And so the common person, this Lila, was instructing, no, don't, don't chant the gopis' names, chant Krishna's names. And he became quite frustrated, angry. In fact, he chased after them and beat them. And he thought, I've come to give the most amazing and sweet thing, but people don't understand what I'm giving and they don't appreciate it. So he thought, well, let's find a way where they can appreciate And this is a hallmark of Lord Chaitanya. Let's find a way where people can appreciate Krishna. Because the living entity in this world, this is the world of people who don't appreciate Krishna, who don't appreciate his service, don't want to remember him, they want to forget about him. To one degree or another, there can be pious versions of that, there can be really demoniac versions of that, but the basic disease is aversion to Krishna. And so Mahabharata wanted to turn that around, turn aversion into attraction. And so he thought, I'll just take sannyas, because people appreciate sannyasis. They're pious enough they can appreciate that a sannyasi is doing something of value. And just by doing that, he thought, I will be able to help so many people, even if they just pay obeisances to me. They'll make advancement. Because Lord Chaitanya is God. And if you pay obeisances to God, they make advancement. In fact, the Yoram Kanto says, Tirtasvadam Shilavrinchinutam Sharanyam. In one verse, this is the, either the verse after or the, the second verse after Krishna Varam Tushak Krishna. It's a two verse elaboration on the Kali Avatar, on Lord Chaitanya. And it says, Tirtasvadam Shilavrinchinutam Sharanyam. That the Lord, Chaitanya, Lord for this age, actually, he destroys all the sufferings of anybody who pays obeisances to him. And anybody who pays obeisances to Lord Chaitanya gets the benefit of paying obeisances and visiting all of the places of pilgrimage in the universe. So anybody who saw Lord Chaitanya thought, oh, there goes a sannyasi, and they fold their hands. They got the benefit of paying obeisances and visiting every single place of pilgrimage in the universe, according to Bhagavatam and according to Karabhajan Muni. So that's pretty good. That's pretty sneaky too. So Mahaprabhu is deeply interested in giving people the chance to appreciate Krishna. And if you appreciate him, that's appreciating Krishna. If you appreciate the names, that's appreciating Krishna. Appreciating sannyasis in this movement, appreciating Mahabharata. In the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, Shilpapada writes in one purport that this movement is such that Anybody who simply cooperates with or appreciates this movement gets the same benefit as those who are actively distributing the, the movement itself, which is an astonishing statement. And yet it's indicative of this same thing. Mahabharata took sannyas because of this very thing. He didn't have to. He's Krishna. But he did it for all of us. He did it for people who don't appreciate Krishna. And you really need to. And that's just one example out of so many of pastimes where Mahaprabhu actually, based on this principle of giving, giving people a chance to appreciate, 
He actually moves in the world based on that. And I could think of a few more, but I wanted to see if others can remember or reflect on anything that Mahaprabhu or any of his devotees have done in their leelas that shows this desire, tendency, ability, willingness to get people to appreciate and to come closer where otherwise they wouldn't have a chance. There are several examples, especially in the Martinira and Lord Chaitanya Sinas, where they spent several years traveling and preaching. Any reflections? Yes, Mother Nidra? Um, Lord Nityananda was wanting to uh, arrange for the deliverance of Jagan and Madai because he knew that then people would appreciate Lord Chaitanya more and um, they would see his greatness and uh, Lord Chaitanya would be more glorified. And then, of course, also uh, Jagan and Madai would be glorified too and appreciated. Jai. Yes. These two are the most degraded, therefore the best recipients of mercy. They'll make a wonderful example for everybody to see how, how glorious Lord Chaitanya is. And he was, I mean, what the Lord Chaitanya did was literally put himself in the line of fire after that. Uh, on two different occasions, he approached Jaya and Madai, and on the second occasion, Madai actually attacked him. So he did that. Because he wanted them to come, come closer to Krishna. And when the responsibility to deliver them fell on him, because Mahaprabhu said, I, don't, I won't deliver you, but if Nityananda Prabhu does, then I will accept you. Then he certainly did. He immediately accepted them as devotees. Because his desire is to bring people closer to Krishna, and that's exactly what he did. Fantastic example. Any more reflections? Yeah, the, I think the, was it the Kaurava Brahmana? Guru welcomed him, he stayed with him, he fed him. Famous Vajjana Deva Tadakara Krishna Upadesh. He wanted to leave with Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya says, Do not speak like this. Don't be so restless. Just stay. Stay where you're at. And but anyway, he, he, well, he received his invitation and stayed with him and blessed that whole village and then gave his instruction to my Vajjana Deva Tadakara. Is it the form of Brahmana? Yeah. yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, his, his uh, making himself uh, available to the invitation of these bhaktas. And um, I was also thinking you were talking about, you know, I'm not sure if I heard that he, he had his own home, his own school. Oh, yeah, after he visited his father, and then he closed things up in his students, and he's like, well, you better go find another teacher, Chaitanya Bhagavad. And uh, he tells his students, yeah, go find another teacher. I'm like, we're not going to go find another teacher. We're just going to follow you. Like, so what should we do? He starts clapping their hands, the Vihara and Krishna taking it out. So even for his own the students who were, you know, seeing him, Nimai Pandit, logician, expert in Nyaya, scholar, and now they're going out on Harinam. So yeah, just him giving the opportunity for others to host him, to go on Sankirtan with him, and then to get great solace. But just stay here and tell whoever you meet. I love about Krishna. So yeah, just be continuing. Any more? Yes. Okay, so the question is, how will Lord Chaitanya make himself accessible? Yeah, examples of Lila's Lord Chaitanya or his devotees. Uh, make yeah, make service to Krishna accessible. 
bring people closer to Krishna. Well, I was thinking with um, both Sarvagoma Bhattacharya and my buddy Sinyasis, mm. led by Prakashananda Saraswati, they were both puffed up with their own um, philosophies. And Lord Chaitanya induced, uh, basically, he was very, very humble and uh, patient. With Sarvagoma Bhattacharya, he sat and listened to him for seven days without saying a word until finally Sarvagoma Bhattacharya asked him, you know, have you understood this? And then he was, he could open up a dialogue. Yeah. And same with the Mahavari Sannyasis, he was just sitting in the rejected, you know, dirty place, basically. And uh, I think it's stated that Prakashananda Sarasatha came and took his hand, and by that doing that, he got some Ajata Sukriti to, uh, to be able to hear. And then he spoke very humbly, and then all his Mahavari Sannyasis were able to accept what he was saying. Yeah, it was the largest mass conversion in uh, medieval Indian history. Production of the Sarasopit was noted. Um, even like you can find it in a Wikipedia article on him. He was a noted scholar and Mayavari uh, Sanyasi. And, and him and all his disciples converted to Chaitanya Vaishnavism en masse uh, after they got the opportunity to come closer. Actually, how it began was Mahabharata was there in Varanasi. House of um, Kashimishra. Kashimishra? This is Tapamishra. Kashimishra is in Navati. Tapamishra. And um, one of his devotees comes up to him and, and expresses great lamentation that, you know, it's breaking my heart. There's this the whole city is full of impersonalists. They don't have any appreciation for you. And they're constantly blasting you. And I live here and I have to deal with this and it's, it's really hurting me. I really, I would really like if you would come uh, to a, a gathering with all the sannyasis of of uh, of Varanasi. and Mahaprabhu smiled and accepted it. Otherwise, he, he wouldn't. I mean, on his own, we understand uh, impersonal philosophy is, is completely unattractive to Krishna. But his devotee actually interceded, asked, and the lila Mahaprabhu reciprocated with that, and then the pastime unfolds that he he shows. Humility, and by that humility, he attracts the hearts of these sannyasis, and he showed his effulgence, which I guess, you know, Mayavadi Brahmavadis are into that kind of thing. And yeah, Prakashan of the Sarasati actually gave him his hand, but please don't, don't sit there in the foot wash area, come with me, you know. And Prabhupada says, This is an example of a Gata Sukriti, because he doesn't know what he's doing, he has no idea. He thinks he's serving another sannyasi, he thinks he's also Narayan himself. And so he, he, he helped him. And he said, actually, we think you're just like Narayan because you're so beautiful. <laughs> what they're doing when they say that. And they're glorifying Krishna. So, in so many ways, Mahabharata put himself in a position to actually, and put these people in a position that despite their really, really degraded uh, philosophy and the, the things around their heart um, could come closer to him. In fact, it's, it's a, quite a turnaround because in the Chaitanya Bhagavad, he mentions Prakashananda Saraswati when he's in Navadvip. He says, there's one sannyasi in Varanasi who wants to cut me to pieces. He says that I have no eyes and no hands. He says I have no form. Uh, I think he says, I'm going to give him leprosy. He's really angry at that time. 
just to show you how ugly my life philosophy is. But when he when he's there as a preacher, he immediately delivers him, and all of his disciples makes him pure lovers of God. And he did it in these really wonderful, sneaky ways. So thank you for that example. Yes. There's a verse for TVT actually Is that spoken by Lord Chaitanya? That my name yeah. will be yes, yeah. so my name will be chanted in every town. And I just thought how this even just from you could say anthropological you know, just from like a cultural anthropological perspective, even if one's not a bhakta and doesn't have that shraddha, but just to say, Oh, this person five hundred years ago in the scripture spoke this and then five hundred years later personality Srila Prabhupada was empowered to fulfill that prophecy mm. and to accommodate. Like here we are, you know, everyone's all excited, like, you know, I went into a forest that's never been discovered, or I climbed a mountain that has never been, you know, climbed. There's all kind of excitement for like new pioneering experiences. And I just thought here we are just to be part of this Premanam Sankirtan of this unique appearance of Lord Chaitanya. You know, in a what is it, in, in the day of Brahma, Lord Chaitanya comes in how I was mercy through the Prabhupada Lord Chaitanya has empowered him for us to be part of this experience of the Sankirtan. And then this moment that came to my mind of how generous Lord Chaitanya and Ronit Nandar, the Chaitanya Bhagavad, if I can remember, they were invited to a house of a, a Swami and his wife. <laughs> and, and he wanted to give them some bliss, like some wine. Would you like some bliss? And, and Lord Chaitanya, like, they jumped out and ran into the Ganga. Anyhow, just how Lord Chaitanya, and especially Lord Nityananda, would just, you know, be uh, merciful to give people their association, even in kind of awkward situations like that. <laughs> Which, you know, for Lord Nityananda, he's obviously, for Lord Chaitanya, it's, you know, what, what are we doing here? And uh, so, yeah, again, just so many pastimes in Chaitanya Bhagavad, where he's um, just giving people incredible mercy who, other, you know, otherwise, like, yeah, what's this kind of Sahaja Swami and drinking wine and wanting to offer to them? And there they are, like, getting association with Gorana yeah. Nityananda. And then, of course, you know, Srila Prabhupada welcoming us all to be part of uh, Lord Chaitanya's praying on Thank you. Yeah. There's, uh, I mean, just speaking on, on, on frontiers and like exploring and having like, a new experience, just hardly anything as amazing as being with somebody when we chant Hare Krishna for the first time, you know, with this jiva traveling around so many species of life doing abominable and useless things that just increase the forgetfulness. And what happens? Like what's going on when they actually get to chant God's names? And those names are coming down to Parampara. And you actually get to be there in the front lines when you ask them to chant Hare Krishna and they do it. And or you give them a book and then they, you know you walk away and you see them like reading the book in front of you. Advancing devotional service and transformation is an unbelievable thing. So, there's unlimited examples even in our own, you know, dual corner of Gorilla. And, uh, yeah. I was going to say something else. Yes. Let me drink. The past time with Chan Kazi. First, all the the Nagar Kirtan that they have with the torches, everybody you know is able to uh, see that. Oh, it doesn't matter, you know what happens. We're all going to be able to 
with the Sankirtan, and then Chantazi converts and his family and his um, village, and, and then for generation after generation after generation, even though the, um, the Muslims were, uh, you know, Muslims, but they, um, they at least respected the uh, order of the Kazi, uh, not to disturb the Sankirtan. So even today, you know, some of those villages, they, um, they were respectful. Uh, yeah, the Chantazi had a dream for Smriti. And they had a really nice sit down with Mahabharu. Very sweet. Just reflecting on that, Mahabharu makes himself accessible. I was remembering one pastime Sri Prabhupada had. He instructed some disciples to make dolls of Gorinatai and uh, to distribute them everywhere. To go door to door and distribute little dolls of Gorinatai. And he said people could take them in their homes. And even if these people were eating meat, Gorontai would just close their eyes. <laughs> when the sinful activities are performed, Gorontai will close their eyes. And you can, you can take him anywhere. You can give him to anybody. Uh, which, of course, is Prabhupada's move with these books, too. This is absolutely Mahaprabhu's move. Krishna is very, he's very, very special. Like, he doesn't uh, just give himself away, Krishna and Vrindavan. Mahaprabhu is, is, is all-pervading. And, uh, you know, these books end up in people's like anywhere, the, the glove compartment of their truck, and Prabhupada wanted to go inside the east to go to the north. So that's uh, definitely coming down in Prabhupada from Lord Chaitanya's move. Um, so that's one of the main things I wanted to bring out is that Lord Chaitanya is going out of his way to make Krishna's service accessible because we need it, we don't know we need it at first. And his devotees are in this, the same mood. And there's so many pastimes and examples of that reflected. And the other thing I wanted to bring out in the last few minutes is just that Lord Chaitanya is actually incredibly sweet. And when one is practicing devotional service in his line, we have the great privilege of, of hearing about him, uh, which we're hearing about his preaching and how he's sharing with others. But we should also hear about his own personal sweetness because this is Krishna. And we may not be able to meditate on Radha and Gopinda in the groves of Vrindavan. We may not be qualified for that. But it's very sweet to hear about Lord Chaitanya. And there are so many wonderful pastimes which we are qualified to hear. So I wanted to share just one. We can read a little bit, hear a little bit. And then we can take reflections for the last few minutes on the sweetness of Lord Chaitanya and your favorite pastimes of this. This is from Chaitanya Bhagavad, Adi Kanda, chapter 8, which is called. Jagannath Mishra returns to the spiritual world. So Mahaprabhu is like a teenager now. This is where I'm reading the Chaitanya Bhagavad by the mercy of Balda Prabhu. So, Jagannath Mishra took Lord Chaitanya to Gangadasa's home. Seeing Jagannath Mishra, Gangadasa respectfully stood up, embraced him, and gave him a sitting place. Jagannath Mishra said, I would like to place my son in your care. Please explain everything to him and allow him to study under your guidance. Looking at his student, Gangadasa became filled with happiness. Treating him like a son, he always kept him by his side. By hearing Gangadasa's explanations only once, the Lord understood everything. There were thousands and thousands of students, but none could defeat the Lord. The Lord would pose tricky logical questions and then proceed to defeat everyone. Some, thinking the Lord only a small boy, smiled and did not say anything. Every day after hearing explanations and reading, 
The Lord went with friends his own age to bathe in the Ganga. The thousands of students and different teachers would always argue amongst themselves. The Lord, now in the beginning of adolescence, was very mischievous and very mischievous, mischievous, would pick quarrels with the other students. One boy would say, What intelligence does your teacher have? Another boy would say, Look whose student I am. In this way, little by little, the arguments and insults would grow more heated, then they splashed water, then they threw sand, then fights would break out. Somebody might throw mud on another and then beat him up also. The students shoving and fighting made the Ganga's waters muddy and filled with sand. Because of this, the women could not fill their jars with water, and the sandy brahmanas could not bathe. Lord Chaitanya was very restless and mischievous. He would go from bathing place to bathing place. At each bathing place, the Lord would swim in the Ganga. At one bathing place, he played a game of two and four sticks. Some of the advanced students asked him, Why do you pick quarrels? They asked, We want to know how intelligent you are. We want to see how much you know about Punji's commentaries. The Lord replied, Good, good. Whoever has the desire in his heart may question Someone asked, Why are you so arrogant? The Lord replied, You can ask any question that is in your mind. One student asked, I explained verbal roots. The Lord replied, I will explain. Give me your attention and listen. Then Lord Chaitanya, the all-powerful supreme personality of Godhead, explained the roots of verbs. His explanations were perfect. Hearing these explanations, everyone spoke words of praise. The Lord then said, Listen again, now I will refute my own explanations. The Lord then refuted everything he had said. Now he explained everything in a different way. The Lord said, Who has the power to disprove my words and prove that something else is the truth? Then Lord Chaitanya gave a different explanation of the truth. All his arguments were perfect and beautiful. They were flawless. All the older students happily embraced the Lord. Accompanied by his students, all wearing Brihaspati came to Navajit and participated in his pastimes. Accompanied by the other boys, again and again Lord Chaitanya played in the water and happily swam in the Ganga's other shore. Seeing Lord Krishna Chandra's pastimes in the Yamuna, the Ganga became filled with desire. Again and again the Ganga declared, When will I become fortunate with the Yamuna? Although Brahma, Shiva, and the demigods offered prayers to her, the Ganga yearned to attain the elevated position of the Yamuna. Lord Chaitanya, who is a cup of Viksha tree, that fulfills all desires again and again, fulfilled the Ganga's desires. After enjoying many pastimes in the Ganga's waters, Lord Chaitanya would happily return home. There, after properly worshipping Lord Vishnu and watering closely baby, Lord Chaitanya would take his meal. There, the Lord wrote his own commentary on the sutras. He, who is the jewel of the demigods, became plunged in the nectar of study. Seeing this, Saint Jagannath Mishra floated in bliss day and night. But he never revealed his happiness to anyone. Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki So, in the next five or six minutes, we can reflect on any pastimes that are just amazing and our, our favorites to express Mahaprabhu's sweetness. This is also his gift to us. Or questions or comments from the class? I know Bob the Bobby wants to say something. Amanda? It is a nice uh, pastime with uh, um, Col is it Coleraita Shudar who had the bananas? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's selling his bananas and Lord Chaitanya, he wants, Nimai wants him to, you know, uh, give them to him. And he's always 
bargaining and um, it seems um, like, oh, this boy is such a rascal, but even though um, and Kolbeji Sridhar, it seems sometimes that he gets frustrated, but he really loves the uh, pastime with the Lord. He, he like hankers <laughs> for this uh, activity with the Lord where you come and you try to uh, take his bananas for free. And uh, so, even though the Lord's a rascal, just like with Krishna, uh, everybody thinks it's it's uh, sweet. <laughs> they uh, you know they get frustrated with. Even when Lord Chaitanya would go to houses and sell in house and break pots and do things like that, where he would go to the Ganga and um, pull on the legs of the Brahmins or disturb the girls that were worshipping um, Durga. Everybody really, in their heart, they're thinking it's sweet because they enjoy the, the pastimes. Yeah. This is where all the, like, you know, the, the perverted reflection of that is like Dennis the Menace and Bart Simpson and that. It's like the charming scamp who just doesn't follow the conventions of society at all, but everyone loves him for it. Krishna is the original. Mahaprabhu. Yeah, and I've asked him with Kolbeja Sridhar. Sridhar was so poor that he, he, just, uh, he just sold bananas and banana products, like the leaves of the banana, banana tree, and he gave 50% of his profits which were non-existent. I mean, if you've been to Bengal, there are banana trees everywhere. You know, and he's selling these for practically nothing. He gave 50% of whatever he got to worship Ganga, and he lived on the rest as a very, very poor person. But still, Mahaprabhu would come and try to haggle with him. Like, I don't know, a penny for a, a ton of banana? He should give you, I think he could do less than that. And he would just haggle and haggle and haggle. And uh, it was just this exchange they always had. And he told no, I think you're a very wealthy person. I think you're sitting on a great treasure. And nobody knows it, but I know it. I know, I know you have a great treasure, you're just not showing it to the world. And one day I'm going to reveal to everybody how rich you really are. Because he's always telling me, you're, you're charging too much for these bananas. And years later, when, this is when he was a teenager, years later, when he was uh, revealing his godhood, that he's Krishna himself, he asked the devotees to bring Sridhar at the Ashtaprahar, uh, the uh, Mahaprakashila, his revelation of his identity as Krishna. And the devotees brought Sridhar in. And Mahaprabhu said, all those years I would come and, and, and joke with you, all those years of, of, of harassing you, the whole time I was Krishna, your worshipful Lord. Now ask for a benediction, I will give you something. And Sridhar said, I don't want anything. I don't, I don't need a benediction from you. I'm fully satisfied. And Mahaprabhu again and again would request, no, I will give you something, whatever you want, anything. Just ask. And Kolar Sridhar said, I only want one thing. I want that that same rascal boy who would come and harass me for free bananas, life after life, do that. And the devotees cried because they could see his, his devotion was completely pure. And Mahaprabhu says, Yes, this is the wealth you had. This is the great treasure you were sitting on. Everybody knows it. You're full of love for Krishna. And so in the assembly of devotees, he would glorify him, treat him like that. He was very, very sweet. Thank you. Anyone? Yes. I think it was Jagadananda uh, during the later Sunyas pastimes who uh, had a very sweet relationship with Lord Jaitanya and also very, uh, I don't know what the word is, <clears throat> but he, yeah, he, 
Uh, out of his devotion, he, he got a whole pot of um, some sandalwood paste, right? Or oil, some it's special oil. Massage oil or something, yeah. Massage oil. He wanted to give to Lord Chaitanya. And many of the devotees would do this. They, would, they wanted to comfort him. They wanted to comfort his body. But he would always reject it, saying, how can I do this? I'm a sannyasi. If I take this, I'll be criticized. And so he, the, the oil was brought to him. And uh, he said, no, I can't take that. You should tell Jagadananda to give it to um, Jagannath, for Jagannath's worship, something like that. And then later he came to see Jagadananda, and uh, someone mentioned the pot, and he said, Jagadananda was saying, no, I don't know any pot. There's no pot of oil. And uh, I'm not remembering exactly, maybe you can fill it in. But he threw, he threw the pot on the ground completely just threw it away. And uh, Lord Chaitanya was basically like very, uh, he was controlled by his love, so he was always nervous coming around Jagannanda because he, he was anticipating you know, that Jagannanda would want him to do something, but he wouldn't be able to follow through. Maybe even follow through. Yeah. And then in the same section, I think it's described that he was always with a Jagannanda would fast out of, out of uh, frustration and anger. So Mahaprabhu would like very, be like kind of walking with the nice around him and very careful not to upset him. If he offered something, some food, he would take it. And um, he pacified him after that. That, you know, I think he let him cook for him. And then he, he sat and ate it. He ate a lot. He's like, yeah, I've definitely eaten as much as I. You know, I can. Please don't fast anymore. So he was like, yeah, definitely um, showing this mood of being talked about some control by the love of his body. Jagannatha is, is actually Satyabhama and Krishna Lula, Krishna's fiery wife in Dwarka. So he carries that mood in the Gorilla pastime. Yeah. Any more reflections on Gorilla? Okay. So. We have full permission to immerse ourselves in this. This is our, our business uh, here in Chandler, Lord Chaitanya. And then, otherwise, if we're sharing it with others and we don't really know what he's about, what are we really sharing? You know? not, not so deep. And um, to, to, to immerse ourselves in this sweetness and give that to others and see what happens to them and to ourselves with that wonderful gift. And uh, we'll continue with readings at 10.45. Nandasuma is going to read the Chaitanya Chaitanya over here until noon. Then we're going to have Abish, uh, Kirtan, Kirtan at 5, we're going to be 4.45, Kirtan, Nagar Sankirtan in the neighborhood, even the temple, 5 o'clock. And we're going to have Abhishek at 6, have a class, we'll have more Kirtan, we'll have a feast, we'll have a play. So, good, fun that runs. Jai Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki Jai Gaur Prakabhinu Ki Jai Vancha Kalbatsura Kirshta Kapasitadeva Chapatitana Pavanini Kyo Vaishnava Kyo Nuna Anantra Gaur Prakabhinu Ki Jai